Welcome to the C Word Podcast. I'm your host, Beck Hughes. This is where creative meets business. Here we explore what it takes to harness your creative gifts and turn them into a thriving business. You can have a brand and business that allow you to create work that feels amazing to call yours, have clients you love serving, and live a life that feels like the only place you want to be. I think that the concept of retainers gets a bit of a bad press sometimes. There's a lot of negative information and energy around retainers. So in today's podcast, I just wanted to take maybe a slightly different view of retainers and look at how they can be positive for your business. And the reason is I've used a retainer structure in my business and it has had a really positive impact. So I wanted to share maybe a different perspective because it can be great. It can have a really great impact and it can give you some really nice consistent cash flow, a bit of security, and it can build really positive relationships with clients. So the first thing I wanted to talk about today is what actually is a retainer? Now, I think very often retainers are associated with big agencies, particularly agencies in the advertising space who have those ongoing monthly retained services with their clients. But retainers can also work for individual solo designers. So a retainer is essentially or has been traditionally a scenario where your client purchases a specific number of hours or time from you and then you deliver services up to the value of that time. So for example, a client might say, and it's very similar to a VA or an OBM type relationship. So you might agree with the client, right, you're going to buy a bundle of 10 hours from me and I'm going to charge you X number of hours a month. And for that, I'm going to provide you with design services that you request. Now, of course, there are all kinds of problems in that scenario. So the first problem is it's based on hours. So very quickly, you can get into conversations with your client about them not feeling that maybe what you did that month reflects the number of hours that they were expecting. They might feel that something shouldn't have taken as long as it did. So you get right down into the trenches, bartering over time and how long things should take, which is really problematic. The other problem with those kinds of retainers is they're quite high on admin. So usually there has to be a level of reporting, which again is based on time, and it's usually essentially a timesheet. So for your 10 hours, you've got to complete a timesheet every month and essentially justify how you've used your time. So you've got to keep a record, you've got to then share that with the client, sometimes even make sure that they're happy with it and they sign it off, and then you can invoice. The other problem that arises with that retainer is when the scope goes either above or below the hours that have been specified. In the first scenario, the client is asking for way more than you can accommodate within those hours. So every month you're getting into a negotiation about what can and can't be done, which can create tension, which can be hard work. Or the flip side of it, one month the client doesn't have enough work. 
So then they start to negotiate. Oh, well, this month, can I just do five hours? Or I'm going on holiday next month. So can we just put it on hold? So then you don't get the kind of consistency, which was the whole point of the retainer. And it all comes down to the fact that it's always based on time. And of course, the other problem is there's no defined deliverables. So if you're not specific about what you're going to do for that time, things get a little bit woolly. You might start getting asked for things that aren't core services for you, that aren't even things that you wanted to do. But you might end up doing them because you're padding time, because you want to make sure you fill up that 10 hours. So that's where retainers are problematic. It's all based on time. Then everyone starts to quibble over the time. It's high on admin and it's difficult to manage what the scope and the deliverables are going to be. However, there is value in the right kind of retainer because what you get from that is it's a number of things. When you have a great client, continuing to work with that great client is highly profitable and very efficient. I'm sure you've heard it many times and I've probably said it multiple times. The cost and the effort to go out and get a brand new client and the time that it takes to do that is much, much higher than it is to retain an existing client. So what a retainer does is it gives that client a reason to stick around. And very often when they're a great client and they've loved working with you and you've loved working with them, they want to stick around. They want reasons to continue working with you. Because it's like with everything, that moment of having to say goodbye is a bit sad. Sometimes people don't want to do it. They're actually looking for ways that they can continue working with you. The other thing about a retainer is it's consistent income. So you know that you can rely on that every month. So you're not going into each month at zero, thinking, right, I need to get some work in, I need to get some new projects. Every month you're starting with your cup partly full. You've already got some reliable income in there. So great for cash flow. And that gives you security. And it also means that you can plan ahead. You know every month that you're going to allocate a portion of your resources to delivering that work. So what makes a good retainer? Let's talk about some of my tips for avoiding some of those pitfalls and how you can make the retainer work for you and for your client, of course. So the first thing and the most important thing The most important distinction between crappy old school retainers and the new world of retainers is basing it on a specific outcome, which generally is value led. You might agree with your client that each month you're going to deliver for them 20 social media tiles and one email template. It's really clear that's what you're going to do. So it's really clear what they're going to get each month or each quarter for that retainer. It's not just based on an arbitrary number of hours that can meander around in terms of what that's going to deliver. It's really clear and set in stone. And the second thing following on from that is to be then really clear on what the inclusions and exclusions are. So if you're going to do 10 media tiles, but you're going to exclude that you're going to post them and you're not going to write the piece of copy that's going to go with them. And maybe you're not going to generate the ideas for those tiles. They're going to give you those and you're going to visualize them. So you're really specific about what it will be and what it won't be. And that's super important because the more woolly the deliverable, the more problematic it can become. 
The third thing is to set boundaries. So sometimes when you are on a retainer, it can feel like you're at the mercy of the client, that you're their go-to person and you need to make yourself available day and night whenever they want you because they've made this commitment to you. So they might start, again, creeping outside of the scope, asking additional questions. Just can you throw an extra bid in? So you've got to be really clear up front when you start to build the retainer and set the parameters, what the boundaries are, when you'll be available. You might say that I'm only going to be available to work on your work and respond to your queries on a particular day of the week or at a particular time of the day, or within a certain amount of time. I will always reply to you within 24 hours or 48 hours. So having those boundaries in place means everyone understands how this is going to operate and how it's going to work. And leading on from those boundaries, it's then about putting in some of the service levels. So for example, You may not want that client to be emailing you all the time, sending you ideas, thoughts that are going to go into the delivery of the retainer. So you might set particular parameters around that. I want you to share the information via a portal, Google Docs, however you choose to receive the information. So you don't want to receive lots of emails. You want the client to communicate with you and you will communicate back in a specific way. You might choose to use Asana or click up or a, or a particular client portal to communicate with that client. You might want them to complete certain templates and information and briefs each month. So you know at the start of each month what they're going to want you to do or that they've supplied certain information by a certain date. So there's setting boundaries in the way you're going to service that particular retainer, but also in the way that the retainer is going to operate because you want it to be as efficient as possible and to be easy to service. The next thing is allocating your time to it. So I think sometimes with a retainer, because you you know it's there, you know it's gonna, you're going to have it, it's going to happen, you can sort of push it to the back of your mind and say, well, I'll fit that in. I know it needs to be done and I'll fit it in around my other work. So it's really important not to let the retainer fall to the bottom of the priorities pile. I would encourage you to allocate time to that retainer each month. Set aside your two days, three days, your half a day a week, however you want to do it, to make sure you've got time blocked out to service that retainer. The other thing is measure and report. Make sure that you maybe once a quarter go back and look at how things are running. It is worth measuring it against your time if you're finding that to produce those deliverables, so you might have an internal hourly rate that you're measuring this off. And then you might find after three months that you are really over delivering on that retainer. So it's really important to measure and it's important to report back to the client how things are going and have those check-in meetings to talk about, are they happy? I think that's the other thing with the retainer is sometimes it just starts to tick along and communication starts to slow up and everybody's just doing and assuming everyone's happy, but no one's touched base no one's checked in for a few months so you don't actually know how the client's feeling about it so keeping that regular communication open is really essential and then the final thing is is have your terms in place make sure that you protect yourself when it comes to the legal terms of the retainer so what are the payment terms do you want to get paid up front each month would you want to get paid within seven days at the end of the month 
So put some parameters around that and also have some cancellation policies in place. So do you want to, for example, have a three-month notice period on your retainer? The client just can't call up one day and cancel it, we're done, that there has to be some notice given to you because you've committed time to it. And for example, maybe they can only cancel at the end of a month. They can't cancel mid-month and then you're scrabbling around to amortize the, the cost and only charge them for what you've done that month, which can get tricky and can get messy. The other thing with the retainer is making sure that it's work that you want to do. <laughs> you know, it seems like an obvious thing, but don't offer retainers based on work that you don't love doing because this is something you're committed to. You're essentially committed to for the reasonably long term. So you need to make sure that it's something that you're going to want to keep doing. So I think in terms of growth for your business, in terms of having freedom, having security, having that longevity, retainers can be really great. It's just about setting them up in the right way as something that will work for you and will deliver some genuine value to your client. So just to recap, because there was quite a lot bundled into that little short episode, when setting up a retainer that works for you, there are seven things to consider. The first is define the deliverables. What will you actually do? What will you deliver each month? Secondly, be clear on the inclusions and the exclusions. Thirdly, set boundaries for working with the client each month. Number four, have defined terms in place for payment, levels of service, cancellation, for example. Number five, allocate time to it each month. Six, measure and report on the performance, let the client know how things are going. And number seven, make sure it's work you actually want to do and you want to include those services in your business long term. So my final word on this is don't dismiss it. There is lots of negative messaging content surrounding retainers out there. However, when it's done right, they can be very good for business. Let me know how you go. Let me know if you're thinking that a retainer could work for you. Of course, it's not the only thing in your business. It's a complimentary service that you can add. But I'd love to know if it's something that you think could work for you. Thanks again for listening and have an awesome day. And I'll chat to you soon. Thank you so much for joining me, Beck Hughes, on the C Word podcast. If you like what you heard, subscribe, leave a review, and share with your friends and business buddies who might like to listen in too. The music for this podcast is by Red Productions on Pixabay.